Hi, everyone. It is Monica and Sarah, and we're with you for another week of podcasting. Yes. Aren't you all lucky? Talking more about women. More about women and what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lessons learned from the Bible, I guess. Aren't they all? I don't know. That was really lame. Ignore that. Let's carry on. Sarah, who are you? I am not an off the cover. I literally write out my notes as I would say that them because so I can't funny. just. I love, and I'm such an off the cover. You I know, like I'm a, like, if I have, then I'm just in here. You read your notes, but it doesn't sound like you're reading your notes. If I read my notes, it sounds like I'm reading my notes. Because I write them as I would be speaking. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, anyway. And I do not. I'm like bullet points, two bullet points, and then fill in the gaps. Um, that is great too, though. It is. I, I've always been that way. Even in like all of my speech classes and stuff, like I never wrote a speech completely out. I did bullet points and then I just gave yes, it. No, I absolutely could never <laughs> ever do that. Not one time. I've memorized it conversationally. Yes. I know you have done that. Cause I, I just am like, I can't, I can't be trusted. <laughs> it all falls apart. She says things like lessons from the Bible. <laughs> It's a novel concept. No, it's like a novel. Oh my God. Okay. Lord have mercy. So listen, I'm going to talk about Lot's wife. And we actually um, came up with this concept of this couple of weeks because I was um, reading about Lot and and Abraham and when um, Lot was removed out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it just really pierced my heart in, in the Lot's wife looked back. And I've never thought much about that, but in the study Bible compartment or portion of it at the bottom of the page, and it was talking about that. It was just so interesting to think about why she looked back. And I just was always like, she's just disobedient. God said, no, look back. She looked back. <laughs> that is from an Enneagram one. In case anyone is curious about what the numbers, <laughs> how they're like translated into real life. Right and wrong. It was right and wrong. She mm-hmm. did what she wasn't supposed to do. Bam, you're dead. That's right. So, and you know, in saying that, like, I love to see how God takes my one and has turned me into a cause and effect kind of girl, right? Like he's caused me to learn to step back or he's made me to learn to step back and look at a situation and figure out why that person did what they did. And I think that that's where I'm just at with the Bible. And I think that's been part of our be still be free thing. Instead of just being so legalistic about the Bible says this, so don't do that. Right. Bible says this, so right. don't do that. What's the cause and effect? Why did God give us the word? Why is God even yeah. telling us that Lot's wife looked back? Why is he telling us that he turned her into a pillar saw? Why is he telling us these things? And yeah, you know, what's the lesson to be learned? And we've talked about these women so many times in the Bible and just how ordinary they were, but did extraordinary, were used in extraordinary ways, mm-hmm. you know, for the fulfillment of the gospel. And so, um, you know, just a little history on Lot and his wife. Lot was the nephew of Abraham, but Abraham kind of raised him because his father had died at a young age. Um, and it came to a point where, you know, Lot had become an adult. He wanted to be on his own. And he and Abraham, you know, their herds had become so big and um, they just felt like it was the time to, to part ways. And I think, you know, probably in that, the way they wanted to lead, they want the way they wanted to manage the way they wanted to deal with their things probably started looking different. And you know how that is like, you know, partners, it's hard to be partners with family members anyways. And so Abraham was gracious enough to say, Hey, okay, let's split, um, gave lot the choice of the land that he wanted, gave lot all the herd and cattle that he wanted. Like, I mean, he, you know, there was no animosity that we know of. It's just that Abraham had the wisdom him to know at such a time as this, we need to, we need to split. So Lot goes towards um, Sodom 
and he takes residence there. And as we all know, Sodom and Gomorrah is an incredibly evil and wicked mm-hmm. two towns. Um, it, tons of sexual promiscuity. And this, you know, what I love about the Sodom and Gomorrah story is we live in this country and we think that, you know, oh, we're fulfilling prophecy. We've never been so evil. And you look back at what it God could just, be today. Like yes. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah could absolutely be a headline from today. And what's crazy is it was even worse because the strangers who are the angels come into the town to get Lot and his family and to carry them out, lead them out mm-hmm. because Abraham has talked God into allowing Lot to leave. Yeah. And so the angels go in and Lot meets them, greets them, brings them into his house and the town men come to the house and are banging on the door saying, we want them, send them out here. We're going to have sex with them. Plain and simple. I mean, it's just a very clear cut, you know, it was like the purge. Yes. It's kind of how I feel about this movie or this, this scripture. You think it's just so unreal could not even be true, which is why God obviously had to annihilate, annihilate. Right. Um, And so long story short, Lot refuses. And so they, he, says, Hey, you can have my daughters. Yeah. I mean, which again, just just insane. Right. But these are homosexual men who they don't want to be with the daughters. And so this, some of the commentary that I read was, well, perhaps Lot offered his daughters because he knew that they didn't want the daughters. They wanted the men and they wouldn't say yes to that because they didn't care about a virgin and they didn't care about being with women. Long story short, again, we, we fast forward and angels carry Lot and his family out of the town. They get, Mm -hmm. they escape, they get out. But on their journey, the the um, destruction has already started. God's already began the destruction and the burning sulfur and so forth has begun to happen. And he says, don't look back. Mm-hmm. Don't look back. And so Lot and his daughters don't look back. And we don't even have Lot's wife's name. Mm-hmm. We just know it was Lot's wife. She turns and she looks back. And so in Genesis 1926, it says, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And so what really struck me here is in the study part, portion of the Bible, the question was, why did she look back? Mm-hmm. And I never thought about why she looked back. Cause again, Enneagram and one, Enneagram one of me is same thing with Eve. Why'd you eat the apple? You idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, come on. All you had to do is not eat the Disobedient apple. infraction. Yeah. Like no self-control you're out, you know? And so then I thought the same thing all my life. I've thought that about Lot's wife. You know, why did you look back? You had one instruction. Don't look back. And and you just had to look back. But the, the perspective of how hard it is to leave our past Mm -hmm. when God is trying to deliver us from one thing and to take us into another thing, the unfamiliar the place you've never been before, the vulnerable, Mm -hmm. it's hard not to want to just kind of dig your claws in a little bit Mm -hmm. and hang on to what is familiar and to hang on to what it feels safe. Mm -hmm. And even as wicked as the town was, we don't know that Lot's wife was wicked. There's nothing in there that tells us that she partook of any of the wickedness in that town. And they obviously knew God, you know, they had known God growing up. They had known God, especially Lot with Abraham, 
she, you know, I have to imagine she had a hard time Mm -hmm. leaving her home. She didn't pack up. She didn't put her furniture on a, on a U-Haul. All the family photos were left behind. Yeah. All of it. it. And she knew it was going to be destroyed. And as evil as the people were, those were her friends. Mm -hmm. And so you think about how hard it is for us that God says, Hey, I want you to go do this, or I want you to leave this job and it's time to go somewhere else. Or I want you to move out of this house, or I want you to leave this group of friends they're not mm-hmm. good for you. And I want you to go. It doesn't make it me. easy just because God said to do it. Right. And how many of us are willing to say, okay, God, I'll go today. Right. And I'll never look back. I'll leave and I'll never talk to those people again. I'll leave and I'll never think about that job again. And in fact, I won't even go back into my office and pack it up. I'll leave it all there. And my phone is there and my, mm-hmm. this is there and my photos are there. But, and so I, for the first time, I think I had a little mercy in, mm-hmm. in just a little insight to how she must have felt. Um, and yes, they said there's a chance the the commentaries in the study Bible, there's a chance that she turned because she was a part of that. And it's hard to leave your sinful past. Mm-hmm. But most people believe that if you put yourself in her situation, it had to have just been hard to leave what was yeah. familiar. That was her home. She had raised her girls in. she had her community. Mm-hmm. And not only was God asking her to just leave it, he was right destroying it and it will no longer. Yeah. There was no preparation. There's no like, let's go drive by the old childhood house. That's right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when Ryland tours ACL, you know, one moment that hadn't happened and one moment it had happened and everything changed. Mm-hmm. And so for her, it was that same thing. The angels come in and that night they leave and, and everything that is familiar and everything that she knows, they were very wealthy. They didn't take any of that wealth with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like they had time to herd the cattle and get the servants. We were not told that any of that happened. Right. It looks like it was, it was just them. And then, you know, the question was too, is why a pillar of salt? There's not a lot of explanation to this. Was she a true pillar? Was she just covered in salt? Did it have something to do with the, um, the burning of the city? You know, um, there's just, was it because, um, you know, too much salt spoils, the, the taste of something like we, there's just, there's a lot of, of room for interpretation there, but interestingly enough, that is the place and space that became the Dead Sea. And is it, it really? Yes. I just, I just learned this and it's, um, you know, intensely full of salt. The Dead Sea is full yeah. of salt and that everything, nothing can grow around it. That is fascinating. So it's never been inhabited since the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. I didn't know that was the same place. Yes. That gives me... Isn't that crazy? So she was a pillar of salt and it's the place of the Dead Sea. The people, when they go to Israel, they float around in it for fun. Yes. (laughs) When you think about what happened there, that's kind of like... uh. So, you know, the question is how many... How often has God asked us to leave something behind but we delay Mm -hmm. and he has to tell us again. He has to tell us again. It could be a lifestyle. It could be a sin. It could be, like I said, a job. It could be a home. It could be the things that we're talking about, trying to control our kids, Mm -hmm. trying to manipulate our husbands. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just hard to let go of those habits. It's hard to let go of the familiar. It's hard to change. It's hard to want to go be somebody different. It's hard to want to go start all over again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's so important that we realize that God has a plan for us. And we have to trust him in that plan. And if we have to, we have to be willing to let go of what's behind us and pressing on to what's before us. And so in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that 
for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so Paul tells us, let go of the old man, let go of what is behind. It it talks about putting off the old man, putting on the new man, Mm -hmm. Um, press on to the goal of God. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you're, at least when you're moving forward, you're moving, you're going into a direction. And if you're staying and you're stagnant and you're just too comfortable, you're not moving and pressing on towards the goal of God. I heard uh, Louie one time say um, the verse that talks about let set aside every weight, sin and weight. And he was talking about how they're listed separately because there are sins that keep us from being able to run the race. But then there's also weights that aren't necessarily sinful, but they're just things that are heavy that we're not supposed Mm -hmm. to carry. So that's Mm -hmm. what I would think about with that. Or even making decisions like Addie and I were talking about college. We were talking about what she wants to do. And I say, when you think about right now, okay, I could go to this college and not play volleyball, but I'm committing. I'm in, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. I said, do you feel like a thousand weights are off of your shoulders because you've made that decision or do you still feel kind of heavy because you're not sure that's the right decision? And so we just kind of talked mm-hmm. through that. And I think, you know, people are like, well, I don't want to give up or I don't want to quit or I want to make a difference. Um, he, quitting is never having the courage to move on. Quitting means that you've given up and you're complacent and you're not willing to do what's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy starting over again. It's not easy God bringing a sin into your life and revealing it to you and saying, hey, I want us to deal with this Mm -hmm. because it's just easier to stay where we are. In fact, um, one of uh, Addie's coaches uh, posted something this morning about, you know, we break and then put ourselves back together again in the cracks that we see, like that's, that's part of who we are and, and moving on. And I had said how Addie and I were talking recently about the refining of gold, that gold is not gold until it goes through the refinement process and it's hot and it's hard, but in the end, it's so worth it. And so being willing to, to follow the angels, being willing to walk up the mountain, being willing to not turn around and look at what's in the past that you're not longing for it. Cause when you, when you start to look back, it can pull you back. It can, mm-hmm. it can hold on to you. It can reach out and grab you and say, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. And so then you're not as willing to move forward. Mm-hmm. I, um, when you told me you're doing lots wife, I had, I put myself in her shoes and, you know, for the exact same things that you said, like just the, like as a woman mm-hmm. moving your family and like all that comes with that, like, it's just, it is, there's a lot to think about and process and Mm -hmm. moving on to a next chapter, especially so suddenly without any warning, like it's hard. It's Mm -hmm. why I got emotional when you texted me that ride towards ACL. I was like, everything is now different. Yep. It's October. Goodbye. High school. Hello college. Like all within just a split second. Um, and then, then the Enneagram nine in me also thought there is that part of us. That's just curious about carnage. Yeah. You know, like we slow down at the accident because we want to see what happened. Mm -hmm. And maybe there was a little bit of that in her too, of like, he's destroying the city. Like, what does it look like right now from this vantage point? Like I always see the picture in my mind that I saw at church, which is like her on a hill, like looking back down the hill in the valley. The felt boards. Yes. But I'm like, that must've been such a vantage point to see that just like, I kind of would like to see it. I'd like to see a replay of it. So maybe that was a little bit of it too. And God just being like, 
I don't even be curious about the carnage. Just keep driving at 70 miles an hour and don't slow everybody down behind you. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I just thought about this when that dang field day, I hated field day in school. Yes. And in fourth grade field day, I remember running, you know, I had to run and um, I was looking back behind me to see who was behind me. And the teacher, one of the teachers was yelling, don't look behind you because it slows you down. And I think that there's some truth to that too. Like if she was going to look back, Mm -hmm. it was going to slow down the journey of where she had to go and slow down the people behind her too. And you know, who knows too, maybe, maybe we're looking at this completely differently. And I just thought about this too. Maybe her unwillingness to just move forward and not look back meant that she was bringing some of this sin with her. And God was like, no, I'm not taking it forward. Although then lots girls sleep with him and get pregnant and it's all crazy and wonky, but maybe if the wife was around, (laughs) that wouldn't happen. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know about all that, but you don't know because we don't, we're not really told why that happened, but to, to learn from the story, these are the different angles that I think you have to look at. And I think it's definitely applicable to today's woman and how we hold on to our past and we hold on to the familiar and we don't Mm want to necessarily let go. And why would God ask us to let go? If he loved us, he wouldn't ask us to let go. But what he was doing was for Lot's wife. It wasn't against her. It was for her. And he wasn't even going to let them survive. And he ended up letting them survive. Yeah. So that's good stuff. All right. That's good stuff. Okay. So I have another nameless wife, um, Job's (laughs) How funny that we're doing two nameless wives. Um, So the story of Job, I'm just going to give a really quick recap. Um, it starts out by saying how um, upright and what great integrity that Job has. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's the time where all the angels report to God and Satan is with them. And um, God's like, hey, where have you been? And Satan's like, just roaming the earth to and fro, you know, as mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting into trouble. <laughs> yes. Right? Because that's what you do. Yes. Mindlessness. My idle hands yeah, on the right. workshop. That's right. So God is the one that says to him, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Like he's pretty blessed. Blameless. He walks upright. Um, like, have you considered him? And Satan's like, well, yeah, but like his life is gold. Like his life is perfect. It's beautiful. Like he's got everything. He's wealthy. He's got a big family. He's got everything going for him. Of course he's blameless, but if something were to happen to him, he probably wouldn't be so blameless. Mm-hmm. And so God says, all right, afflict him. Just don't touch him, mm-hmm. but afflict, afflict his mm-hmm. life. So Satan goes back and he destroys all his cattle. He destroys all his animals. He destroys all his land. He destroys his house and all his 10 children, yep. 10 children, all at, one at time, the same time, all of this goes. And so Job is suffering, but he doesn't blame God. So another time comes all the angels report to God. God's like, hey, Satan, what you've been up to? And he's like, oh, you know, roaming the earth, wreaking havoc, whatever. Um, And then he's like, you know, basically, like, I saw what happened to Job, and he's still praising you. And Satan's like, well, or he's still praising me. And Satan's like, well, of course he is. Like, his life was spared. And so God says, all right, you can afflict him. Just don't kill him. Mm -hmm. But you can afflict his body. So then Satan goes back and afflicts his body. And so he ends up getting... I'm going to read. This is a list that was kind of like summarized of all the things that he had going on. Intense pain, peeling and darkened skin, pus filled, erupting sores, emaciation, fever, depression, weeping, sleeplessness, nightmares, bad breath, difficulty breathing, failing vision, rotting teeth, haggard looks, painful, swollen sores, intense itching. And this all lasted for months. So things are pretty bad. Yeah. Um, 
And so Job's wife is not mentioned by name, as we said, but she's referenced and we know her by her famous one-liner, curse God and die. Yeah. So she is the one where we're always like, oh, I can't believe that she said like curse God and die. Uh, the full verse in two nine says, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. And so we just judge her. We're like, you're cruel and supportive mm-hmm. and you obviously don't love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or no, mm-hmm. God. Um, and it does seem that way. But if we look deeper, I feel like we see a well of pain mm-hmm. in her words because it was not just Job that lost everything. Yep. She lost too. her servants. She lost the, the whole source of their income and lifestyle. She lost her house. And we just talked about mm-hmm. Lot leaving Lot's wife leaving their house. Like a woman's home is her nest, is mm-hmm. her like haven. She lost that. And she not lost one, but 10 children. And if you've known anybody who's ever lost a child, it is absolutely a debilitating thing yep. that you don't ever, you're never the same. Yep. You never recover from. And she lost all of them. Yep. 10 of them at one time. And then not only that, um, watching her husband suffer so point, so mm-hmm. much to the point of death. Like, I think it's understandable that she said, curse God and yeah. die. And I feel like the why me's were tormenting her so much. The questions that she had for God, like none of it made sense. This all happened so suddenly. If we were so pure and blameless, why did you let like, yep. My God, such despair, such despair. Such despair. Who has not been there over so much less mm-hmm. pain in right. their lives? Right. Um, we, we have such despair because, you know, our kid didn't get into the right class. Like the things we've been oh talking about she today. She didn't get into geometry. This I just can't imagine. God, what are you doing? Why would Future you do this? Unsecure. <laughs> it's so true though. It's I mean, so we are like, why would you do this? God, you've ruined everything. You've allowed this to happen. <laughs> and then you look Shaking at everything Job went through and you're like, oh my um, gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, a husband that you probably really love and watching him suffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember before we even started be still be free and you had had back surgery and something was going on with Chris and you were so despondent for him despair. and you called and we're like, I just need prayer. Cause I'm, he's hurting. And so I'm, I'm, I'm devastated because mm-hmm. he's hurting, mm-hmm. let alone all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we give her such a bad rap, but I, there's so much sympathy that I have, mm-hmm. um, and obviously see myself so much in her. I've never encouraged anyone to curse God and die, but the intent has been there. Right. Similarly, like, so um, encouraging a couple who's maybe struggling to just, just get divorced. It's going to yeah. be the best thing for all of you. Right. Or um, you have a child that's pushing every single boundary and you just are worn out and worn down and you give up. Just walk away. Yes. Um, you, in the name of just venting and letting it out, you share the sort of details to a friend of a situation that's not any of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, it doesn't really matter if I, you know, read the Bible and tithe and go to church. I still have faith. Mm-hmm. Like those are all ways that we say curse God and die. Yep. We say it in a million different ways yep. every single day. Um, and so, you know, I just think it's so with these women, I love that we're, that you have this idea and that we're doing this because, it's just so important to open up our minds and our perspective. Like he who has ears, let him hear and has eyes, let him read. Like there's, there's so much more beneath the surface. Um, and it doesn't condone it and it doesn't, um, make it okay, but at least it gives some depth and vulnerability and transparency to what's happening. Just learn from it. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that's why we have all of these stories to learn from and to grow from and to be like, Oh my gosh, like, First of all, I think what's amazing is that we don't know what happened to Lot's wife. We don't know what happened to Job's wife, but God never forsakes 
any mm-hmm. of them. Even with Lot's wife, even though he turned her into a, a pillar of salt, he gave her every opportunity for life leading yes. up to that, you know? And so how many times do we say just because just because life gets hard, curse God and die. Like just mm-hmm. be, you know, our, our unwillingness to serve him is like saying, I, I rebuke you. I resist you. Curse mm-hmm. God and die. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with you. And we think mm-hmm. we do. Um, but we're like a, a big toe in. Yeah. We're a big toe in and we're nine other toes out. Right. And, and that, and it really is saying to God, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I'm not for you. I want you to, I don't want you to turn me into a pillar of salt. I don't want you to take everything away from me. I don't want you to bring adversity into my life, but I'm only this far in. And that's basically just saying, I curse you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or saying I've been hurt by church in the past, so I don't go anymore. That's right. You're telling God, like, I don't love your, your bride. That's right. And so curse God and die. So the, the, the words may not be the same, but the sentiment is exactly, it's exactly the same. The same. And, and that's the beauty of this whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, we think that we're not like these women, right? We are these women. These were everyday women. Yeah. We are these women walking through life, just walking through life and what we, and not calling ourselves out for it and not being aware because look at the common denominator in each and every one of these stories. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals that the Lord had made. Yeah. And so where's Greg? Greg, Greg. <laughs> talking about uh, Satan, influence of the serpent. Oh, dang it. Yep. I think he left. Oh, he left. Goodbye. Um, the, listen, that is the common denominator. That is the common denominator. And if we've ever doubted that we are pawns that Satan uses, we're not pawns of God. We're children of God. We are pawns of Satan that he is using to manipulate us and control us to do less for the kingdom of God. And if he can cause us to have an enmity with God and a, and a rebellion and a hardness, then he's winning that battle. He mm-hmm. doesn't win the war. He he influences that battle because of our willingness to be led astray. And I will say this all the time. It, and it's so hard to remember. This is not a battle against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but of principalities. In every single one of these stories, it is a battle between yes. Satan and God. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of sin, we are put in the middle of that. Had Eve never sinned, had no one after Eve ever sinned. And we don't know that anyone after Eve wouldn't have sinned. Right. We'd start it with Eve. It's all her fault. But I mean, everybody would have had the chance to have that sin. But sin happened. It happened. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. And we can't change that. And so accept it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, accept the fact that there is a crafty, evil devil that is trying to to expose our weaknesses mm-hmm. and cause us to look back mm-hmm. and to cause us to curse God and to cause us to eat apples and to cause us to want to control everything in our midst. Yes. And we are allowing it to happen mm-hmm. instead of getting into the word of God and doing what's hard. Yeah. But man, once you do what's hard once, it gets a little easier. It gets a little easier. It gets a little easier. And before you know it, it's what we've talked about, which is, you know, mm-hmm. changing the way you think changes the way you believe yeah. changes the way you act. I would love, there's no mention of um, Job's wife again, but I would love to in heaven one day in all of the eternity, we have to chat and get caught up on all these details, like find out what she had to say when God like redeemed everything mm-hmm. and restored everything a hundredfold. And like, you know, if how repentant she was mm-hmm. for what she said, or like, I just would love to hear from her mouth, those 
that journey? What did those new pregnancies feel like? Yeah. I mean, I think it was her. We're not given a reason to believe yeah. that it wasn't her, right. but you know, like, yeah, insane, insane. So anyway, we have just so much to learn from the full word of God yeah. from Genesis to maps. Yep. So I, you know, just get in there and get in it. We're going to have one more week. Yeah. One more recording where we do two more women. Yep. Um, so hold on for that. And, um, you know, if you can connect and relate with any of these stories, tell us about it. Mm -hmm. I think we need to hear one of the things that people tell us that they love about us is just how real we are and how vulnerable we are. So, you know, have a coffee conversation with us on Facebook and share your story, be connecting for somebody else, be a light for somebody else. Don't just, don't just be a sponge and take it all in, Mm -hmm. give it to other people and do it in our community. Absolutely. We would just, gosh, we'd love that so much. Mm -hmm. It's a great dialogue going in. It means a lot to Monica and I to have that dialogue and to see people um, tell us what's going on in their lives and, um, and so forth. So anyways, well, we love you guys. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Yep. Bye.